Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. And my guest is Rachel Burke. She's the founder of Aussie Keto Queen. The website itself is A-U-S-S-I-E-K-E-T-O-Q-U-E-E-N.com. So Rachel, thanks for coming. Hi, Richard. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So what's the, uh, you know, I know I, I said this many times, but in health, I know that people are usually into health-related stuff because either a personal experience or someone they know, you know, had health issues. So, you know, if you don't mind, like, what's your background and what led you to work in the keto world? Yeah, sure. So, um, like a lot of people that, that discover the ketogenic diet, it starts with weight loss. Um, you know, a lot of people have sort of tried just about every weight loss technique that's out there. Um, but sort of about four or five years ago, I'd, I'd been trying a, a few different diets. I was sort of in my mid-20s and I'd, you know, tried paleo and a few different things like that. And um, I was never, you know, massively overweight, um, but definitely carrying around more than I should. And, you know, I was pretty conscious of that being a mid-20-year-old female. Um, so I sort of stumbled across the ketogenic diet by accident. Um by actually Googling um, how can I eat cheese on paleo. So that's sort of how I ended up on the ketogenic okay. diet. Um, and I just, I, I'm, the nature of my brain is that when I find something like that that piques my interest, I just spend, you know, all my time researching. So, um, mm. yeah, sort of just spent hours and hours and hours reading and listening to every podcast and book and website that was out there. Um, but this was, you know, four or five years ago when it wasn't sort of really mainstream. Um, so there wasn't a lot of information out there. There was only a small handful of books and um, pretty limited websites with recipes and meal plans as well. So um, you sort of had to dig quite deep to, to really get, you know, some clear information on it. Um, so from there, I sort of I started doing it um, and, you know, lost weight really, really quickly. I ended up losing about 20 kilos, um, which for you guys, I think is close to 50 pounds, 45, 50 pounds. Um, mm-hmm. And that was in about nine months, which just absolutely shocked me. Like I, I didn't think it was possible. I, you know, I had to sort of replace my whole wardrobe because none of my clothes fit me in such a short amount of time. Um, and right. then I've just, I've been able to maintain it since then. So it's sort of... It confirmed for me that it, you know, it is a really healthy way to eat. And I was um, seeing a naturopath and a doctor at the same time and always getting everything checked out and my bloods checked and all of my health indicators were just improving, you know, month on month. So I was just like, okay, this is, I'm onto a winner here. Like more people need to know about it. Um, so from there, I was sort of, I've always loved cooking and, you know, delicious food and fine dining. And I didn't sort of want to restrict that and, you know, make this a short-term diet in inverted commas. I wanted to make it a, a real lifestyle change. So um, I sort of started sharing a few recipes online, um, built this little, you know, shonky website to share some recipes out there um, and some, you know, interesting things I discovered and articles and tips and that sort of thing. And it just... It's just grown and grown over the last few years um, to the point where, you know, I've got tens of thousands of people on there most days sort of looking at my recipes and asking questions. Um, and, yeah, it's sort of it's become a, a more, much more than a hobby. I'm now sort of thinking whether it could be a, 
a full-time job to you know be helping people through the process so it's been a yeah, yeah it's definitely great. not a direction i saw my life going in a few years ago well so um you know so you've worked with a lot of people uh, i'm sure you know thousands so what what are you noticing is you know the easy stuff no one really talks about because it's the easy stuff so mm. you know let's talk about the hard stuff what do you see is uniquely difficult for people about the keto diet and how are you meeting that need mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of it is mindset. Um, I mean, I see people quite often um, join, you know, my Facebook group or something like that and say, you know, I haven't lost weight and I've been on this for a week or two weeks or, you know, this isn't going to be sustainable. How can you not eat pasta and bread and rice? Um, And I think, honestly, like that is in your head. Nobody says we have to eat bread and pasta and rice. Um, so tackling it more from a mindset point of view has been my approach rather than just telling people you have to eat this and there's no leeway because um, I don't think that's that's not a true lifestyle change. You can't sustain that if you just feel like you're constantly deprived. So, um, yeah, I think changing the mindset is probably the most difficult thing for people to do um, and you've got to be ready to change your mindset. It doesn't happen overnight. So it takes you know a lot of reading and a lot of research about what is best for your body and really feeling how amazing you can feel on the ketogenic diet, I think is, you know, a crucial piece of that puzzle. Yeah, I found that it makes it easy if you have a gun to the head reason, you know, like cancer yeah. or epilepsy or diabetes or, you know, some other yeah. unfortunate, you know, heart attack, that kind of stuff. You know, no one should wait for that, obviously. But, you know, when something mm. like that happens to you, it makes it a lot easier to do something like this. I saw a friend whose um, husband unfortunately had a stroke uh, probably about two years ago um, and the stroke side of it, he recovered quite well, but they, they said to him, you know, unless you lose some weight very rapidly, you'll be at major risk again of having another stroke. Um, so he went on the right. ketogenic diet and, you know, he, he is, is almost religious about it, how strict he is. He won't even have, you know, one bite of bread. He's just like, nope, not worth it. You know, this, this nearly killed me eating all those burgers and fries over the last 40 years. I'm not going to do it again. So I think, yeah, having that gun to the head is a good thing, but I don't think we should let it get that far either because then there's, you know, a lot of the damage yeah. is done. So um, what percentage of the people that you work with have gun to the head reasons and what percentage don't and uh, you know do you have to work with them differently or do you have to do much at all with the you know the guns of the head people or they just do it themselves like what, like what have you observed yeah yeah i think you're right the guns of the head people do often find it themselves um and i'm seeing more and more people saying my doctor has put me onto this i just need some recipes so you know it's a doctor ordered diet um, the doctor doesn't want to put them on more medication they want them just to follow some recipes and when you've got that motivation I think you've got a real reason to say no to the, the sweets and all that sort of thing um, whereas yeah I'd say it's probably 50-50 between people who've discovered it because of you know they've got some metabolic issue that their doctors put them onto the ketogenic mm. diet um, and 50% are you know, I either want to lose some weight, I want to get healthier, I've heard you can have great energy, those sorts of more, not just aesthetic, but it tends to focus more on the aesthetic reasons to, to do the diet. So you said that, uh, you know, doctors that put their patients on the keto diet? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if this is an Australian phenomenon, but I'm seeing it more and I more. Think so. um, I think so, yeah. because it's, I, I, I've never heard that here, and that's very sad really but I've, yeah, I've, yeah like functional doctors maybe but it's rare 
Yeah, so the the first one I heard was probably about two or three years ago, um, and I just started seeing a, a few trickle people come into the Facebook group saying, you know, my doctor's recommended I look at low carb, um, you know, because I'm diabetic or because I need to get my blood pressure down or my cholesterol's too high. And I thought, oh wow, this is this is new. Like this is a pretty amazing change. Um, and then I sort of had some, you know, direct anecdotal experience with my grandmother who's um, in her early 70s and type 2 diabetic. Um, and her, her specialist um, said she, she absolutely must go on the ketogenic diet. Um, to, so she's no longer relying on insulin shots. And, you know, she did and she, she lost quite a lot of weight um, and has successfully gone off her um, insulin shots. So, you know, I think that was all thanks to her doctor that recommended she do that. Yeah, wow. Huh. Well, that's good to know. Then in Australia, it's uh, definitely more of a trend than here. Here, it's the doctor that I went to was an endocrinologist, and they would deal with, you know, diabetes patients. And it's sad. Mm-hmm. In the office, you know, they have like this, uh, you know, all these like snack bars that are artificially sweetened and tons okay. of carbs. And they're telling all their patients, here, take insulin and, you know, have these like oh, snack God. bars, and that's going to help you. And I know it's not at all. It's terrible. Mm. So I'm glad to see Isn't that, that you're seeing doctors to... that, that know what they're doing. Yeah. That's fair. And it's by no means all of them. Um, and we, we still suffer from, you know, a lot of the, the doctors who are suggesting a ketogenic diet, um, they are, you know, getting attacked by the medical board. So they've got to be willing to take on that fight um, if they really believe mm. in it. But so, it's, you know, it's by no means the norm. Um, but I think it's getting there, which is good. Um, and I was even in, the, in it at a naturopath a couple of weeks ago. Um, I sort of do a food intolerance test just to see, if, you know, how my gut flora was going and all that sort of thing. Um, oh, and cool. I noticed that they were promoting the ketogenic diet as, as a naturopath's office. And she said mm-hmm. for weight loss and for you know, getting your metabolism back on track, she said it's the number one thing they recommend now. And I'm like, wow, how far have we come in the last few years? Because they used to be all about you know, brown rice and low fat. So that's totally right, just on its right. head, you know, in a short amount of time, which is really exciting. Well, what have you noticed culturally just around town and with friends and, you know, is uh, mm. Australia any different from the U.S.? Is everyone there is the, the common ethos yeah. to low fat and, uh, you know, tons of carbs and sugars there or what's it like? Yeah, it's definitely changing. Um, I, I came to the States for about a month, um, getting close to two years ago. Um, and gosh, I struggled to eat keto. <laughs> you know, it was it was pretty tough over there. Um, in you know, America's defense, I was on my honeymoon, and I was in you know major city centers, so I wasn't trying that hard either. <laughs> um, right. But I think in Australia, a lot of our foods um, really focused around fresh um, and fresh vegetables, and we we do have really great fresh produce. Um, so, you know, the large majority of restaurant meals come with, you know, a side salad or you can get, you can easily get, you know, some broccoli or something on the side of almost every dish. Um, and it's just, I think we've got a lot of cafes and restaurants that are really open to different food sensitivities and different diets anyway. Um, so there's, you know, there's whole restaurants where you can walk in and say, look, I'm, I'm a paleo vegan, but I eat dairy, but I can't have nuts and I'll have something for you. So, um, I think we're, we're pretty good in that sense. And, you know, I don't get weird looks anymore when I have a, a burger without a bun. And, you know, there's, they're frequently on burger menus now, a, a low carb bun or, you know, a bunless burger and it's in a, a big lettuce wrap. So, um, right. Yeah, I think we've definitely got to focus on healthy eating. Um, the one thing that I'm finding is just starting to catch on, and I'm, you know, still getting some strange looks is when I talk about fasting. 
Um, so intermittent fasting starting to become a little bit more okay with, you know, friends and family. If I say, oh, no, you know, I, I never eat breakfast, I never have. Um, you know, I'm right. happy with a, a cup of tea and then, you know, I eat lunch at about 2 p.m. Um, and that still gets some pretty weird looks like, why are you not having breakfast? What's wrong? You know, is this healthy? That sort of thing. Um, and, you know, if I started to talk about extended fasting, people get pretty worried that, you know, there's something oh, wrong yeah. with my head. So <laughs> to, to talk about, you know, not eating for a few days is, is pretty scary for a lot of people. But I think, I think within a couple of years, that will change just as much as, you know, the ketogenic diet has changed the way we all think about food. Well, what's um, in the world of intermittent fasting, what kind of protocol do you follow and what have you found works well enough, like a 16-8 or a mm. 23.5 well, or what do you do? Yeah, I've done the, the one meal a day, you know, quite a bit in the past, mostly just when it sort of fits my lifestyle. Um, I'm all about doing what feels right for you. Um, and, you know, if you get to 1 p.m. and you haven't eaten and you're absolutely starving, you know, genuinely hungry, not just, oh, this is my lunchtime and I should be eating, um, if you need to learn to be able to tell the difference between those two things. And once you do, you can start to fall into a pattern of eating when you are genuinely hungry. Um, and that's what I do. I, you know, sort of naturally have fallen into um, probably more of like an 18 six. Um, so eating from sort of usually about 2 p.m. and then dinner, you know, 7.30, 8 o'clock at night. Um, so got that six-hour window there. But that's just happened it's just progressed naturally over time. I'm often, you know, busy in the mornings at work. I can't, you know, stop. I don't really want to stop to eat and I'm not hungry. Mm. Um, and then, you know, I try not to eat too close to bedtime either. So try to avoid any eating after about 8 p.m. Um, so that's, okay. I think that's happened quite naturally. Um, but I think, I think it's a matter of finding what really works for your body, your lifestyle, your work, your, you know, your timetable um, and right. yeah, just going with that. Yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's talk about the uh, the recipes because you know from looking at your site, that's what you're big onto. So, um, mm. how do you know? Are, are you trying to approximate uh, you know standard foods, but ketify them? I guess for lack of a better word, or are you just um, following keto principles and making snacks that are just standalone good for you? You know, for instance, like yeah. are you trying to make uh, keto cookies or keto lasagna, or are you just making like hey meat and vegetables mm. and with this special sauce yep. that's just keto on its own. Yeah, it's funny because I naturally I, I just um, lean towards the naturally keto food. Um, so, you know, meat and veggies with, you know, some delicious sauce, that's what I eat for the large majority of my meals. Um, but the keto community loves cake and cookies. So I sort of, I have had to keto find some of those, those meals and recipes. But um, percentage-wise, I mean, probably 80% of my recipes are, um, you know, meat and veg or, or some variation on that. Um, and, you know, the 20% are by request cookies and cakes and bars and slices and that sort of thing. Um, so that's not my preference. I, I don't think we should be eating a lot of that stuff. Um, and I think it still does have an effect on blood sugar and insulin, even when we are using, you know, those keto approved sweeteners. Um, so whenever I do post up a recipe, like I've got a keto caramel slice on there, which is really popular, but it uses a lot of sweetener. It, it just has to by nature, you know, for the recipe. Um, you know, I'm always making a note that this is a treat that, you know, you have to cut it into 30 small squares and it is very sweet. 
and once you've had your one square, you need to put it away for like days or give it to a friend right. or take it to work or something. Like you should not be having this stuff every single day. Um, and once you're really deep into ketosis and you're, you know, well and truly fat adapted, you don't really need it or want it as much either. I think you lose a bit of your sweet tooth um, and you start to taste sweetness in, you know, things that might not have tasted sweet before like capsicum or bell peppers, as you guys call them. I find those really sweet because, you know, I'm not having mm. sweets all the time. That's true. There's a few things my wife makes and I'm like, did you put sugar in here? And she's like, no. Like we had cabbage <laughs> with, uh, you know, some other stuff and it was so sweet. It tasted to me like it was, it had a lot of sugar in it. And she's like, I didn't put anything yeah. in it. It's just, that's the natural cabbage. So it actually yeah. made me suspicious. Isn't that I amazing? Like, hmm, maybe, I, maybe I shouldn't even eat it because it was too, too sweet. And then when I try stuff that's, that's normally sweetened, it's like, blah, it's horrible. It's so yeah. sweet, you know? Sickly sweet, and yeah, sometimes mm-hmm. if, if you have, you know, one like the caramel slice, I find it really, really sweet. But I think it helps people when they are adjusting or even um, going through those first phases of, you know, is it a diet, is it a lifestyle change, to know there are those backups. So, you know, it's someone's birthday or you've got friends coming over, you can still make something nice that everybody everybody will enjoy um, without getting any strange looks that, you know, you're not allowed to have sugary treats. So I think it, it adds mm. that element of making it a long-term change. What about um, are people asking you how to ketify stuff? I, I just made up that term, by the way. But, you know, let's say there <laughs> people eat out at restaurants and stuff. Um, you know, what about a guidebook on how to ketify your meals? You know, maybe you yeah, can't take sure. them 100%, but so you can alter them, you know? You can get pretty close. That's it. I've got a list on my website of um, in Melbourne, you know, keto-friendly restaurants and cafes. So um, they're not specifically the whole restaurant is, but it's more that people have found a particular dish or they're, you know, the people are really accommodating to take certain things out. Um, and I encourage everybody to send me an email if they find something, you know, take a photo, send me the name of the restaurant and I'll, I'll keep that running. So, um, yeah, that's been going really, really well. I think people love just being able to Google, you know, keto restaurants in Melbourne um, and be able to know there's, you know, there's 20 or 25 options up there so they can choose where they're going um, and then get, you know, get their friends to go there. So they've got some options up their sleeves. So I think everybody in every city should have a list like this. So, you know, you can never say, oh, I didn't have a choice. I had to eat pasta. <laughs> There's always, always options out there. Okay. Um, so where do you want to take this? Where do you see is the greatest need for your intervention? How do you feel like uh, you're, you're going to be able to help people the most and make money doing it rightfully so? Yeah, I'm sort of working through that decision at the moment because I work um, full-time in a completely unrelated field. Um, but I, I'm leaving that industry at the end of this year, so about two months away. Um, so I'm sort of weighing up how to how to help the largest number of people at the moment because, you know, if I can share recipes and tips, um, you know, run a Facebook group and I'm running a 21-day challenge in November as well. Um, that you know had a really great response from people. It's sort of a, a back to basics, really clean keto for three weeks. Um, you know, cutting out the sweetness and alcohol and that sort of thing. So that seems to have gained some really good traction, and I think it's struck a nerve with a lot of people because we we often start the keto diet, and a lot of people started early in the year and now have strayed. Um, so I'm thinking running the challenge has has really opened my eyes that people want some group accountability. So there might be something around some group coaching. Um, and I have toyed with the idea of 
creating sort of a really comprehensive beginner's course um, that they can jump online, you know, and get every answer, every question they've got answered um, and get some one-on-one coaching as well. So but sort of, yeah, I'm working through that decision at the moment because I, I'm such a strong believer in this and I've seen the way it's helped, you know, me and my friends and my family and, you know, thousands of others that send me emails. So now the question is, as you said, how how do you you know get that to reach out to as many people as possible? So yes, it's um so not an easy question to answer. Okay, um so uh, one or two more questions. What what did you notice when you first started doing the keto lifestyle? You know, eating that way, and what have you noticed over time? You know, what got easier for you? Has anything gotten harder? Mm-hmm. You know, what what changes have you noticed? And again, what you know, for people that are going to go through this or are considering it or maybe are in the throes of it, you know, week one, two, three, four, whatever, six months out, you mm. know, how can you help them? What have yeah. you seen? Yeah, I think those, those first few weeks, um, as much as physically it might be the hardest because you might get the keto flu, um, mentally I think they're the easiest because they're, they're the weeks where you are motivated, you've got a reason, you get that really quick weight loss often at the start just from dropping your water weight and inflammation. Um, after that is when the real work starts where you know it might have been three weeks or six weeks or eight weeks and weight loss might be plateauing or it might have stopped completely um, and then you think oh you know this isn't even working anymore um, so I think that's, that's a really challenging time um, and that's when you start to you know creep in some sweets and that sort of thing that, that can derail you pretty quickly um, so I definitely found that time a little bit tough but um, you know, I had the motivation of, of I had a certain amount of weight that I wanted to lose within that year, um, and you know that was my motivation, and I had a really clear goal, so that definitely helped. Um, longer term, I found probably the biggest challenge I've had um, is about 12 months ago, I had to go on some medication that caused me to gain weight, um, and I gained about 10 mm. kilos, so I've, you know gained back half of what I'd lost. Um, you know, after sustaining a ketogenic lifestyle for so long. Um, that really threw me for six. That that sort of made me go, oh gee, you know, what is the point? I'm still eating a perfect keto diet. I'm still exercising, and you know, I'm gaining weight. Like how how frustrating is this? This isn't fair. Um, and having that sort of mentality about you know the fairness of it, I think, um, didn't do many favors because then I thought, well, what's even the point if I'm still gaining weight? Um, so I had to go through a bit of a mental process and a mindset shift myself that um, ketogenic diet is, is not about weight and it's not about losing or maintaining weight. It's about all of the internal health that it creates um, and about your energy levels and about all the other benefits from it. And if you gain some weight from some medication or, you know, from stress or sleep or being pregnant or any of those things, those are okay because, you know, your health is still at an optimum level. Um, so I think that, yeah, losing that motivation over time can be one of the toughest things. Okay. Well, very good. So what's the best way for people to uh, join your Facebook group or get in touch, ask questions and find out more? Yeah, sure. Well, um, yeah, the website, as you said, is AussieKetoQueen.com. Um, and I'm running this challenge from the 9th to the 30th of November. So it's starting in just over a week. Um, and you can jump on the website and click 21 Day Challenge. And that's got links through the Facebook group and, you know, free downloadables of everything we're going to be eating and all that sort of thing. Um, otherwise, yeah, on the website, you can jump in and check out some recipes and follow me along Facebook and Instagram. Well, very good. 
Well, thanks for coming on the podcast, and I really appreciate it. No, you're welcome. Thanks, Richard. And I'm looking forward to all your other ketogenic guests. It's great to have um, great to have you focusing so much on the ketogenic diet. It's, yeah, definitely you're giving me a lot of inspiration. Well, good. Well, it's changing my life for the better, so I want to uh, help other people. So, yeah, thank you. No problem. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.